Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. I'm excited to announce that we just launched my new book, The Fasting Transformation, a functional guide to burn fat, heal your body, and transform your life with intermittent and extended fasting. If you've been listening to this podcast for any period of time, you know that I'm a huge advocate of fasting. And in this book, I take you on a journey to help you understand how fasting helps balance your blood sugar and improve your insulin sensitivity, how it shuts down inflammation in the body, how it optimizes your hormones, turns on fat burning, and activates stem cells for deep cellular healing. Guys, I go through how fasting, I go through all the best science and research on intermittent and extended fasting and how to utilize it to help prevent or even heal from cancer, autoimmune conditions, digestive disorders, and neurodegenerative conditions like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Guys, the book goes over all the various research and practical applications for daily intermittent fasting, partial fasting, and extended fasting. This book is designed to help inspire and empower you to embrace a fasting lifestyle while also enjoying tasty and healthy foods at the right time to improve your metabolic flexibility and energy efficiency so you can burn fat for fuel and have all day energy. You are gonna love this book, so check it out. You can get it on amazon.com. We also have a website, drjockers.net forward slash fasting transformation. That's drjockers.net forward slash fasting transformation. You can learn more about it. And of course, you can pick the book up on Amazon. You're going to love it. Thanks so much, guys. So this podcast is an audio recording of one of my most popular YouTube videos on brain degeneration. We know issues like Alzheimer's disease, dementia, and Parkinson's are at an all-time high. And there are things you may be doing right now that are causing brain inflammation and literally degenerating and rusting your brain from the inside. Well, in this podcast, I'm gonna show you exactly what foods to avoid, what foods you need to be consuming, and what strategies to take to make sure you preserve your brain and think sharply and clearly well into your older age. And so you guys are gonna love this information. And if you haven't subscribed to my channel, please do that now so that way you get notified whenever I put up a new podcast. And I would really be honored if you left us a five-star review. Your reviews help us reach more people and impact more lives. Thanks so much for doing that and let's go into the show. 
Hey, everybody. Today, we are talking about the process of brain degeneration. I'm going to go through the major causes of brain degeneration, what it really is, what it looks like. I'm going to show you visual presentations of what brain degeneration looks like. And I'm also going to show you the best natural solutions, how to prevent your brain from degenerating so you can think sharply and quickly throughout your entire life. And so let's jump into this here. And so when we look at brain degeneration, we know that the brain is very, very susceptible to chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation literally chews up the brain tissue. And so as you're looking at this image here, the hippocampus is really where we store memories. And so that's one of the areas that's extremely sensitive to inflammation, to blood sugar dysregulation, and to hypoxia or low oxygen states. And it starts to shrink, which obviously then causes cognitive decline. Um, and also you can see the entire cerebral cortex shrinks up, it atrophies. And this is what happens when it's exposed to inflammation over a period of time. So major symptoms, memory loss, forgetfulness, confusion, um, irritability is really common, depression, agitation, loss of inhibition. So normally you're able to kind of control certain you know, socially unacceptable thoughts. And as your brain starts to degenerate, you have trouble doing that. Also, anxiety is another big one and apathy. Let's see major causes of brain degeneration. So blood sugar imbalance is probably the number one cause. Right behind it is environmental toxicity. So when your blood sugar is not stable and balanced, that's going to end up resulting in periods of hypoxia I'm sorry, it's going to result in hypoglycemia in your brain where you're, the, the, you're not able to get sugar into the cells and they're not able to produce energy. And so they start, to, um, they start to have excitotoxicity and die. And there's also a lot of toxins that we call neurotoxins that damage the brain. Sedentary lifestyle, uh, actually, believe it or not, movement is a key nutrient for the brain. Chronic stress and poor sleep because sleep is really when we detox our brain and chronic infections and gut problems, we call that dysbiosis, can be a major factor. Now, one thing that I, I don't have in there is EMFs, but I'm including that under environmental toxins, electromagnetic frequencies. So blood sugar in the brain. Okay, so we know that type 2 diabetics, their brain uh, degenerates much faster. Okay, and this is because they have trouble getting the sugar out of the bloodstream and into the cells. Okay, and that's the key is your brain wants to run off of, it needs something to produce energy, right? So it needs either glucose or it needs ketones. It can't burn fat for fuel. Fat doesn't, doesn't uh, cross the blood-brain barrier as a fuel source. And so we need ketones or we need glucose. And most people, they're, they're, their insulin is high, so they're not able to produce ketones because high insulin inhibits ketone production and then they develop insulin resistance where their cells don't respond to insulin, which is trying to get the sugar into the cells. So now they don't have sugar, they don't have glucose or ketones, and so they start to atrophy, and that becomes a serious problem. And so also, you know, and this is really what it looks like. So basically, we have normal blood sugar. So normally when we eat food, blood sugar goes up, but then we get a rise in insulin, and then you know, with an hour or two, it goes back down towards baseline, right, and should be stable there. However, 
in a symptomatic individual, they eat food and they have a dramatic blood sugar rise, and then their body overproduces insulin, okay, and either has trouble getting the sugar out because it's so insulin resistant, or it shoves all the glucose into the cells quickly, and now your blood sugar the actual sugar levels in your blood go get low and now your body releases a whole bunch of stress hormones to bring it back up. Okay. And that's what we call reactive hypoglycemia, which is also a serious issue as well. So some individuals have insulin resistance. Some individuals have reactive hypoglycemia where they overproduce insulin and they shoot their blood sugar too low. And that sends a panic signal to the brain. So we definitely got to get the blood sugar stable. Okay, now major neurotoxins, okay, we've got things like MSG, aspartame, which is, uh, you know, NutraSweet, aluminum, which we find in cans, things like that, lead, mercury, so all of our heavy metals, arsenic, which is in pesticides, all of our heavy metals. Most people know, you know, many illegal prescription drugs, illegal drugs and prescription drugs, um, excessive alcohol can all cause problems with the brain. Fluoride, which is in our tap water and a lot of our toothpaste, can be a neurotoxin as well. So these are all things we want to do our best to reduce. Reducing our exposure to these is important. We also need to be moving. So we know that a sedentary lifestyle damages our cardiovascular system, our brain. When we move, we produce something called brain-derived neurotropic factor, BDNF. BDNF is like miracle grow to the brain cells. And so we need good stimulation of BDNF in order to have a healthy, non-degenerative brain. And so movement really helps with that. So if we're not moving enough, we're literally depriving our brain of a very key nutrient. And also we're causing major dysfunction to all of our other organ systems as well. Stress, you know, we all know stress can cause major issues. Stress can throw off our blood sugar. And that's one of the main reasons why stress is so detrimental to the brain. It can cause a lot of blood sugar dysregulation and high stress hormone, high cortisol over for a long period of time also chews up brain tissue, right? So damages brain tissue, creates a bad environment for neural development. So we got to keep stress under control. And then the gut and the brain are constantly communicating. We know that the vagus nerve comes down, it's Latin for wanderer, comes down from the brain, interacts with you know, our stomach, our small intestines, our, really all of our digestive organs, and sends signals. And then the gut microflora create compounds, whether it's toxins or B vitamins, different things like that, that interact with the brain. When we know we have damage to the gut lining, intestinal permeability, that will cause blood-brain barrier permeability as well. So gut permeability is going to lead to brain permeability. We're also going to get elevated levels of inflammation in the body, and that inflammation can also seep into the brain and cause more damage to the brain tissue. So we know things like um, mood disorders, anxiety, different issues like that, all very much uh, are related to issues with our gut. So to address a lot of these, we need to support our gut. We need to get rid of any sort of gut infections. We need to support optimal microbial balance in our gut, make sure that we've got the right populations of gut microflora. So bacteria, um, proper yeast colonies in there, as well as um, proper viruses, believe it or not. We have viruses in our gut as well. And so that's very important. We know things like candida overgrowth will release 
um, gliotoxin, which damages the glial cells in the brain. And then you've got acetaldehyde as well. So a lot of times people with yeast overgrowth or candida overgrowth will uh, feel like they're drunk. You know, they, they, in a sense, they have a form of alcohol poisoning, which obviously is real problematic. And then a lot, of ty- a lot of bacteria have something called a lipopolysaccharide in their outer cell membrane. And when that's released, because they die, when they shed that, um, that causes major inflammation in the brain as well. So we definitely want to keep all of that under control. So top 12 brain regeneration strategies. So let's jump into this. Um, One is we want to develop neuroplasticity. And so we do that with our diet, right? So we know that high blood sugar or just eating a lot of sugar reduces BDNF while doing things like intermittent fasting, um, elevating ketones in your system. You can do that through intermittent fasting, extended fasting, and also a ketogenic diet or doing you know, a combination of all of those will help improve the ketones. You can also add MCT oil or exogenous ketones into, uh, you know, into your, your diet as well. And that can all help boost ketones, which have a positive stimulus on brain-derived neurotropic growth factor, which stimulates new neural development, new strong, healthy, resilient neurons. Um, Omega-3 fatty acids also play a very important role with that too. So if we're trying to improve brain function, omega-3s, long-chain omega-3s, EPA and DHA that we find in things like fish oil, uh, really helpful. Good quality sleep. You know, sleep is when we detoxify our brains. So we need to sleep. Poor sleep reduces BDNF. Good sleep helps elevate, creates an environment for our body to really um, strengthen the different neural connections and uh, supports BDNF levels. We talked about exercise. Now, movement is a key stimulus for BDNF and then keeping stress down and under control. Very, very important here. Now, good fats. Our brain is mostly fat and water, okay? So we need good fats to provide a good foundation, and also the fats help stabilize our blood sugar and help elevate ketones. So the fats we want to stick with are things like butter, grass-fed butter or ghee, uh, grass-fed beef tallow, coconut milk, coconut oil, avocado oil, or just eating avocados, olives, olive oil, um, fish oil, and eggs all have powerful nutrients in them to support brain function. Okay, bad fats, we want to stay away from all these vegetable oils, canola, soybean, sunflower, corn oil, safflower, grapeseed, margarine, cottonseed, and peanut oil. They're all highly processed and they're high in omega-6 fats. They create inflammation in the body. We want to avoid those. Stick with the ones on the left-hand side. Uh, all of those, except for olive oil and fish oil, are good to cook with. I'm not a huge fan of cooking with, you definitely would never want to cook with fish oil. It's a very long chain fat that will uh, that can't handle any heat, right? So you actually create a trans fat if you were to try to do that. Olive oil is a monounsaturated fat. It doesn't have a very high smoke point. So it's best to use that raw. You get the best benefits, the polyphenols, uh, antioxidants that are in there, the healthy fats when you use it raw. So cover your vegetables, your meat with olive oil. Really great thing to do for your diet, um, but don't cook with it. Cook with avocado oil or grass-fed butter or coconut oil, um, tallow, something like that, ghee. Those are all great oils to cook with. Now, fasting has been done since the beginning of mankind, um, some level of fasting, just because we didn't really have access to food. And a lot of ancient philosophers, right, like Plato, for example, talked about 
how he would intentionally fast. He has this great quote, I fast for greater physical and mental efficiency. And that's really what it does. Fasting will help your body become much more energy efficient and metabolically flexible, help boost up ketones and help stimulate something called autophagy where your body breaks down damaged, old, uh, dysfunctional mitochondria within your cells and helps form new healthier mitochondria. So you actually become better at producing energy, much more efficient with it. And that's really what it's all about. You know, we want really healthy, stress resilient mitochondria. And just the process of life, life itself is going to create free radicals and oxidative stress, just a natural part of, of metabolism. And over time, our mitochondria become damaged. Fasting is one thing that helps really clear out the bad mitochondria and helps our body form new mitochondria. And also, teaching our body to run off of ketones as an energy source and being in a state of nutritional ketosis is so powerful because it reduces, significantly reduces oxidative stress and the amount of metabolic waste that's built up. We produce rampant amounts of energy and, again, less waste, right? And that's key. And that allows us to be much more energy efficient overall. And we want to have that metabolic flexibility where we can revert back to using glucose as a fuel source when we need to, like when we're exercising at a high intensity and we don't have enough oxygen. Uh, but we also want to be using or creating a lot of our energy from ketones. So metabolic flexibility is the goal there. Hey guys, I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite food products. I mean, if you're out there and you're looking for healthy snack options or you know, really healthy food, sometimes it can be hard to find a gut-friendly, gluten-free snack option. And that's why you need to know about Paleo Valley. They're 100% grass-fed beef and 100% pasture-raised turkey meat sticks are not only loaded with delicious flavor, but they are completely free of carbs and sugar. Such a great bioavailable protein snack to grab on the go. I oftentimes will eat them with meals too. Like if I eat a meal and I'm still a little bit hungry, feel like I need a little bit more protein and healthy fats, I go ahead and have them. You know, they're gluten-free, they're soy-free, they're dairy-free, GMO-free, preservative-free. I mean, what's not to love about that? On top of that, they actually also have probiotics in them as well. So you're getting the protein, healthy fats, and you're getting probiotics, lots of key minerals and nutrients in there, and they taste amazing. And now you can use my coupon code, Jockers, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com, and enter Jockers at checkout, and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. My kids and I absolutely love them, and I know your family will too. So try them out today. Movement. Movement is so key, and I differentiate movement and exercise. Exercise I, I see as something that really gets your heart rate up at a high level, right? You're either doing strength training, trying to really uh, build muscle tissue, or you're doing something that uh, like some sort of high intensity interval training where you're really getting your heart rate up. Movement would be something you're doing at a lighter intensity. Like for many people, uh, walking would be just a form of movement. For some people, you know, especially if you're elderly or just, you know, you're recovering from a serious injury, walking might be exercise, might really get your heart rate up. Totally understand that. But for most people, 
Walking itself is movement and movement itself has great benefits, right? But you want to incorporate movement and exercise, something that's very high intensity. I'm a huge fan of resistance training, doing strength training a few times a week uh, to build lean body tissue, but then moving every day getting out and walking or jogging or dancing or something like that, playing with your children, really improves circulation, stimulates lymphatic drainage, improves the oxygenation levels of your tissues, helps support dopamine, serotonin levels in your brain so you feel good, you think sharply and quickly, helps reduce stress and creates more resiliency. So uh, walking or movement can be one of the greatest joys in life. It really, really helps you respond to stress better. It helps you improve your mental clarity, your memory, your mood, and your overall happiness and joy in life. So I'd recommend that. And then incorporating resistance training as well, building some lean body tissue. I personally do uh, four days a week of lifting weights. Okay. So I'll do upper body twice a week and lower body twice a week. And I do my core uh, pretty much every day because, because of the kind of work, the, the, the lifts that I do. But specifically on my lower body day. I'll do um, crunches like off a stability ball. So, um, and then I give three days rest, at least three days rest between muscle groups. So if I do upper body on Monday, I do it again on Thursday. If I do lower body on Tuesday, I do it again on Friday. That's a great routine to have. Um, Gives your body adequate time to really recover. Recovery is so important when you're doing resistance training, but at the same time, you're really hitting those muscle groups and getting enough um, frequency and intensity over time to get results. So try that out. Um, gratitude, positive thinking and gratitude are huge for neuroplasticity and really building good, healthy, strong neurons. People who tend to be pessimistic in life tend to have more anxiety. They have more stress, right? They they have more perceived stress, I should say, where, Two people can be exposed to the same stress, but one person perceives it a lot more than the other, okay? And their brains atrophy and degenerate faster. So taking time to be in a state of gratitude, being thankful, being positive, being optimistic will actually allow your brain to function better longer. So really important to practice that. Now, sleep, again, sleep is when we detoxify our brain, right? We can't detoxify our brain without a good night's sleep. So tips for that. Um, certainly not avoiding caffeine eight hours before sleeping is an easy one, right? So don't drink coffee or caffeine after, you know, one or 2 PM in, uh, in the afternoon, you want to get to bed early. Okay. So every hour of sleep before midnight has the same regenerative capacity as three hours of sleep after midnight. So trying to get to bed early before midnight, using a sleep mask and keeping your room as dark as possible. You need that darkness, Okay. In fact, even before you go to bed, you want to dim your lights. You don't want to have like real bright white lights on because that will reduce your melatonin release. You want to make sure that your room is dark, that, you know, if you're up, if you're watching a TV show or reading a book or something like that, or talking with your, your spouse or significant other, that you have, your lights are dimmed. So that way it'll help you start producing more of that melatonin. Keep your room real cool. Okay. That will help you sleep deeper. Don't eat right before you go to bed. So do your best to you know, finish your last meal by 6 or 7 p.m., okay? And for a lot of people, if you work, let's say you, you're, you, know, you work an evening shift, like, I don't know, uh, when I was in college, I worked, I think, 4 to 12 or something like that. You know, you can always try to eat your meals. Like if you do two meals a day, 
do like a breakfast lunch, eat it earlier in the day and then fast in the evening, go to bed fasted. That can, that can oftentimes really support your body's ability to get a good night's sleep, really deep sleep. Get sun exposure during the day. So getting outside and getting some sun during the day, very important actually for helping improve sleep quality later. Um, we talked about exercising. You want to do that, but not too late. And then around 9 p.m., ideally, you want to start winding down, not doing anything intense, not having you know, major goals, trying to really wind your body down. That will help you be able to fall asleep more effectively and get better quality sleep. Now, support the gut. You know, certainly doing some probiotics. Probiotics have been shown to help support BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic growth factor. Um, one of the reasons is because they help to produce short-chain fatty acids. Short-chain fatty acids like butyric acid reduce inflammation in the brain. They're uh, also a fuel source, right? Because it's actually a short-chain fatty acid uh, the body can use and can turn into ketones as well. So, um, so probiotics can be really helpful. In some cases, we need to go in and, and kill um, H. pylori overgrowth or candida or um, parasites, different things like that, that are in the system, and then uh, re-inoculate the system with probiotics. But in general, um, one thing you could try is probiotics to see if you feel better, and that can be great for the gut. Neurobic exercises, so doing activities that are new and novel right? Using multiple different senses can be powerful stimulus for your, for your brain, for stimulating that BDNF. Doing something simple like brushing your teeth with your non-dominant hands or combing your hair with your non-dominant hand. You know, keeping like a checkers or a chess game going and like every now and then coming up and thinking strategically about it. So when we start to do new novel activities on a regular basis, again, it forces our brain to have to work and we develop new neural patterns. So it can be really powerful using smell, for example. Like I like to have different essential oils diffusing in my office, right? The different smells can oftentimes stimulate BDNF as well. The, the olfactory sense, the sense of smell goes right up into the brain. It's real powerful stimulus to the brain. So smelling your food, um, making a variety of different foods, right, can, can help support your brain. So simple things we can be doing to help make our brain more agile, more flexible, more resilient. We also need to detoxify. You know, most of us have an overload of toxins in our system. And so we need to open up all of our drainage pathways, our lymphatic system, our lungs, right? Exercise helps with that for our lungs. Um, hydrating well to get things out of our kidneys, um, out of our colon, really getting the colon moving well. So all these things are important, getting the liver functioning better. We need to make sure we're detoxifying. Just so important to get the toxins that we're inhaling, right, that we're consuming uh, into our body, out of our body, keeping those detoxification organs functioning well, just so important. And then a couple key supplements that I'm a big fan of, magnesium. Magnesium is to the body what oil is to a car. We're constantly going through it and using it. Magnesium is so important for the brain, really helps to modulate neural activity, keeping stress hormones and inflammation down under control, helping protect the mitochondria in our brain cells, right? So I found uh, you know, really good magnesium source, magnesium L3 in it, which is the best for crossing the blood-brain barrier. And I've seen, I mean, I have countless hundreds of uh, reports from, from um, clients and customers using this magnesium, improving their mood, their memory, their mindset, 
um, you know, just breakthroughs, helping them sleep better, helping them recover better, and just thinking sharper and clearer. So really great product to be using to help support your brain. Um, we talked about fish oil, long chain omega-3s, EPA and DHA, so powerful, uh, particularly for brain. DHA is considered the most powerful one for brain function. So getting that DHA, long chain omega-3 fatty acids. So taking a really good quality fish oil uh, can be important. And you know, I recommend something that's uh, purified, molecularly distilled and purified so it doesn't have mercury or any other heavy metals or environmental toxins in it. And then certain foods help trigger brain autophagy. So these foods not only will help stimulate more BDNF, but they'll also help support your immune system and your ability to get rid of damaged and dysfunctional brain cells. So curcumin, the active ingredient in turmeric, six shagayol and ginger, quercetin, which we find in things like red onions and elderberries and cranberries, ECGC, which is in green tea, dark chocolate, um, citrus bergamot, carnosinic acid, oregano, sage, and rosemary. So those Mediterranean herbs, resveratrol, which we find in berries, grapes, red wine. And of course, to really get the clinically effective dose, you really can't get it from food. Now, I recommend consuming these foods because they are powerful and, and they're, they're powerful beyond just these active ingredients, right? And they're great for our body. However, I would recommend doing some sort of supplement that has some you know, concoction of these that can be really helpful. I really like resveratrol power. So something I take on a daily basis, um, really good strong dose of resveratrol along with quercetin. And I just feel a lot sharper and clearer helps improve skin health, uh, circulation, it's anti-aging, resveratrol helps stimulate the CERT2 pathway um, to support healthier cells that, uh, that, that, are, that live longer and are stronger, more stress resilient. Great for the immune function as well. We know quercetin, for example, very powerful antiviral, resveratrol has antiviral properties as well. And um, a lot of people are talking about how quercetin is research out one of the best things you could be doing to help prevent COVID-19, right? Uh, coronavirus infection in your system and resveratrol as well for downregulating inflammation and improving immune function and mitochondrial function. So really great stuff. And in general, when we look at the brain, we know that the brain has over 10,000 mitochondria per cell. All of our other tissues, like our heart has 5,000 mitochondria per cell, the liver has around 3,000, and our muscle cells have around 1,000 mitochondria per cell. So to support our brain, we got to be thinking mitochondria. And so these powerful nutrients, things like alpha-lipoic acid, okay, N-acetylcysteine, things that boost glutathione levels, creatine. I've had people that have told me creatine, taking some creatine really changed their life. Um, and it can be really powerful for helping produce energy quickly in the mitochondria. Resveratrol, so powerful for the brain. Coenzyme Q10, brain in the mitochondria. Acetyl-L-carnitine, which actually brings fat out of, well, brings fat right into the mitochondria to be used for energy. If you're carnitine deficient, you're going to have a lot of problems with beta oxidation and producing energy from fatty acids. And then nicotine, riboside as well, NAD, very important as well for healthy mitochondrial function, B vitamins uh, as well. You need all your B vitamins, magnesium, which should be on that list, but it's not. Uh, but that can be really powerful. Green tea can have a, a beneficial effect as well. So a lot of different compounds that are key for mitochondria 
So these are all things we want to be considering, you know, adding to our, our, our system. And we even have a, a support product that pretty much has all of these. It's called our Mito support, right? So for brain degeneration, right? This is a supplement I put my clients that have cognitive decline or they have a family history of cognitive decline and they're getting a little older and they want to support that. Okay. So this, this is a great supplement, especially anybody like over 40, I think you'll really, really uh, benefit from it. If you're noticing that your brain is just not firing, you're not thinking sharply and quickly, um, you're, you're more fatigued, you're noticing that you just don't have the energy, right, that you used to have, then Mito Support can be really, really helpful for that. Hope you guys really enjoyed this training. This is a deep dive on brain degeneration. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, guys, we'll see you on a future online training. Everybody be blessed. Bye-bye. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.